0: Hey, this is Kerwin Santiago, pastor of Social Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I pray that this message blesses you and helps you grow in your faith to become more like Jesus. Amen. All right. We are in the middle of a series titled Relational Vampires. If you've been here throughout the series from the beginning... Uh, I don't know if you've received anything so far. I hope you have. I don't know if you've gotten anything yet. But listen, the first week we talked about, we talked about uh, controlling people. People that are controlling. Uh, Last week we talked about people that are critical. They like to criticize, point the finger. Today we're going to talk about people that are needy. And then next week we're going to talk about hypocritical people. Um, So you don't want to miss that one. That one's going to be awesome. But listen... The truth is that we all are surrounded with people that in some way or another can suck the life out of us. You know, vampires, they suck the blood out of you. Relational vampires, they suck the life out of you. And there are some people that will tend to do that in our lives. They will tend to do that. Don't look to the side. Don't look at the person next to you. We're not talking about them. It might be somebody outside of here, but we all deal with this. Can I get an amen to that? If you're not afraid of saying amen to that, if you can say it, say it loud and say it proud, say amen. Uh, We all deal with that. And so we've learned how to love these people, how to love them even when they are people that tend to suck the life out of us. And so we need God's grace and we need patience. But most of all, we need love. Um, And and that's what we're learning. You may have your seat. You may have your seat. And we're going to get started.
1: Today we're going to talk about how to love people that can
0: be overly needy. And I don't know if you've ever dealt with somebody that is overly needy. That is just needy. That's the word we use, right? It's just a needy person. People, these are people uh, that psychologists will say uh, tend to be a little more emotional and have feelings of frustration when their needs are not met. But listen, a lot of times the people that we really do care about and the people that we really love, sometimes are a little needy or want a little more from us than we are able to give them. And I don't know if you have somebody like that in your life at any level whatsoever. But according to psychologists, we are all needy. (laughs) And so maybe you don't see yourself that way. Uh, Maybe you see others in that light. But according to psychologists, we're all needy. And a needy person is someone whose feelings and behavior is based out of a frustration of having unmet needs. Have you ever been around somebody like that? They constantly get frustrated, they're irritated, they're anxious in their life because they have unmet needs. And so they react in ways, they behave in ways, and they have certain feelings that tend to make them look needy or what we would call needy. So being a needy person is having a feeling that says something is wrong in my life and I need someone or something to fix it. A needy person will tend to have this sense of I need someone to help me or I need something to help me. Always, it's a constant feeling. And this need comes from what the people discover to be a perceived need. Say with me perceived need. I know that's a big word. But it's what they think they need to survive and to succeed. In other words, the mind is always thinking about how to get a need met. We all have this. We all deal with this. We're always thinking about how to meet our needs. We have to do that. That's nature. The difference between a needy person and a normal person, if we want to make a distinction there, is that needy people go about trying to meet their needs or what they think they need by using their behavior and their feelings to try and manipulate others to get it. Now, they feel they need something a lot of times other than what they're, really get, what they're really getting from those that they're seeking help from. And usually what they think they need is not really what they need at all. So a needy person, in other words, is a person Who has a sense of wanting something or desiring something that they think is a need, but in reality, there is something more behind it. And these people, they get frustrated with others, they get mad at others, they get angry at times, they get depressed at times because other people are not recognizing or meeting the needs that they think that they have. They're not doing that. And so they have this mentality. I have needs and nobody's meeting them. Or the people that supposedly love me are not meeting the needs that I have. But the reason why they're not meeting, they think they're not meeting the needs is because those needs are not real. They're perceived. They think they're needs. And so how do you deal with somebody? who constantly is looking for others to meet their needs or what they think they need, but you can't meet those needs because that's not what they really need. And I think that all of us in some way or another have been there in life. We've gone through that. You see, Jesus at one time went to go heal, I believe it was, a blind man, And before healing him, he asked him, what do you want me to do? And it was like, Jesus, really, can't you see what is happening and what the need is? But then he asked the man even something a little more profound. Do you want me to heal you? And that's like a dumb question, really, if you think about it. For somebody that is blind and doesn't have their sight, the normal thing that you would think is that they would want their sight back. But here's the kicker. I've met people that are sick and in conditions where they're in need, but they don't want help because they've grown accustomed to living with that condition and the attention that they get from people based on how they live and what they have is sufficient to fill their emotional needs, and so they're content with living in their condition. And they really don't want what they need. They just want what they think they need. That's needy people. And it's hard to help needy people because no matter what you try to do to help them, they're always thinking, you're not giving me what I need. And listen... When we go to the Bible, we find out that there are, there's a story in Acts chapter 3 in which Peter and John at a moment in time were going to the temple to pray and a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put there every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. And in Acts chapter 3, verse 3, the Bible says that when he, this beggar, he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as also did John. And Peter then said, look at us, So the man gave them his attention expecting to get something from them.
1: He thought that what he needed was money. I want you to follow me here. But then Peter
0: said, silver or gold I do not have. But what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped them up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping
1: and praising God. Listen. Some needy people always want a little more than what we can give. And it's complicated
0: as followers of Christ because the truth is that we really do care about people and we want to help people. Can I get an amen to that? We really do care about people and we want to help people. But sometimes the help that we can offer is not enough or doesn't seem to be enough. And sometimes if we start to pull back, We can feel guilty about not being able to help someone who is stranded or who is in need. And we want to help. And a lot of times we feel like we want to help others. But sometimes helping them the wrong way can actually hurt them instead of helping them. It can not only hurt them, it can hurt us also. So how do we love people that are always hurting Without hurting them. How can we help people and love people who are needy without making them dependent on us? And I want to give you three big thoughts today on our passage. Three big thoughts that will help us actually help the people that are needy or hurting around us and in our lives. And number one. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Number one, how can we help those who are hurting and needy around us? We have to learn that when we give, we have to give strategically. How do we help people that are in need? Because we want to help, but we don't want to hurt them. And we don't want to contribute to their false sense of need. So if we want to help someone who is in need around us, the first thing that we have to do is give strategically. When we give strategically, we think first about what we're going to give before we give it. Because most of the time when we
1: give, we give based out of emotion and not out of reason or thought.
0: And so when we see a need because we care, a lot of times we just react and we do the first thing that seems easy, the first thing that seems convenient, that actually many times might make us feel good about it. It might make us feel good that we were actually able to contribute in some way, but not always what feels good and what is easy or what is convenient is the right thing to do. Sometimes, sometimes what they need, what we have to give is not what feels good, but what is right. And if we want to give strategically, we need to ask ourselves, what is it that they really need? What is it that they really need? Am I talking to anybody this morning? I don't know. Maybe you don't have needy people in your life so you don't have to worry about this. But if you have needy people around you, you really have to think about this once in a while. And a lot of times we're just continually either doing one of two things. When we see needy people and they come around looking to talk to us and vent or tell us their problems or asking for something, the first thing we do is either we try to avoid them or number two, we just try to give them something to get them out of the way. We try to give them what's convenient, what's easy, right? When we see that beggar at the light, the first thing we think is, man, just so he won't continue looking at me or waving, you know, or doing something. Let me just give him a quarter dollar or something just to get him out of my way. And a lot of times we deal with needy people in that way. We don't think strategically. We don't give strategically. But if we want to learn to love the people that are needy, The right way we need to learn how to think about what is it that they really need. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them you got to think about what they really need. That's what you got
1: to think about. It's what they really need. What do they need? What is it that will genuinely help them? Not just in the moment, but what will help them long term? Hello, somebody.
0: What will help them long-term? You see, this isn't emotional giving. This isn't giving based out of let me get this out of the way. This is prayerful and this is strategic. This is prayerful and this is strategic, not just emotional. And so we see Peter here in the story and John. That they see this man who is lame at the gates. And the easy thing would have seemed to have been that they would have thrown some money at him because that's what he was expecting from them. Because that's what everybody gave them. It would have been easy to give them more money. And I'm not going to stand up here and say that Peter and John were lying when they said, you know, silver and gold we do not have. But what we do have, we give you. I'm not going to sit up here and say that they, didn't, they said that because they just didn't want to give them that. I believe they really didn't have silver or gold on them. And can I just say something just like on a, as a side note. The church back then said that because the church was poor. It was true. Silver
1: and gold, they had none. What they had was the power of the Holy Spirit. The reverse is true today. The church today doesn't say silver and gold, we have none. But what I give you,
0: I have. No, they say, listen, silver and gold we do have. But what we don't have is the power of the Holy Spirit. Things have changed. And so we depend more on our resources today to help those that are in need than the power of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of God to lead us and show us how we should help those that are in need. I believe that our resources have become an obstacle that don't let us really see what the needs behind the desires and want really are. We no longer depend on God like they used to depend on God. And so when we see people in need, the first thing we think about is what do I really have as material resources that I can use to help them? And that's good and we need to do it. If somebody's thirsty, we should give them a drink. If somebody's hungry, we should give them food, not just pray and say may God bless them or may God provide. We should really do it. We should really provide. But we can't forget that we depend on God over all things, and if we really want to help people that are in need, the first thing we need to do is learn how to give strategically, and that means that we need to get on our knees and begin to seek God and ask him for guidance so that when we do help, it's not just a one-time thing. It's a permanent thing. It's something that God can do to change the life of somebody, not just momentarily, but eternally. And that's what God wants for us. He wants us to be instruments in his hand, to be agents of blessings in which we can usher in the
1: blessings of God in somebody's life, not just momentarily, but eternally, eternally. See, Peter and John didn't just respond emotionally.
0: They were led by the Spirit. Under the power of God, they didn't give the guy what he wanted, but instead they gave the guy what he needed. Are you hearing me this morning? I believe that we're all surrounded by people who at some point or another are going to have some sort of need. Sometimes we're going to be surrounded by people who are going to have real needs. And sometimes those needs that they have will seem like superficial They'll seem like they're a waste of time. They'll seem like they're trivial. But in reality, if you think about it, if you begin to pray for them, if you begin to seek God for his direction and say, God, show me. How can I really help? Show me what the real needs are. I believe that God will open up your eyes so that you can begin to see that there is a real need behind the desire or behind the question or behind what they really are asking for. Sometimes it's what's behind it that is the truth. The only way we can see it is if we depend on God to guide us and show us. You see, it's so easy to give a handout. It's so easy to give a handout. Anybody can do that. You don't need to be a Christian to give a handout. You don't need to be a believer. You don't need to go to church to give a handout. But what some people need takes a little more time. What they need, only God knows because he knows every single heart. He knows the desires. And the only way you can tap into knowing that is by seeking God and asking God, God give me wisdom and show me how I can be of help and fill that need in the way that you want to meet that need, not the way that I want to meet that need. You see, it's easy and it feels good at times just to give a handout, but it's not always what is needed and what is right. Sometimes, sometimes we need to be willing to give strategically, not just emotionally. That's why we should want to be led by the Spirit. And I don't know if I'm talking to anybody here today that says, that's what what I want. That's what I need. Can you turn to somebody and tell them we need to be led by the Spirit. Tell them we need to be led by the Spirit. We need to pray, God, show me what it is that you want me to do so that I can give strategically as you lead me. So that I can love others the way that you would have me love them. That's big. That's different from what we're used to doing. We have to learn to give strategically if we want to help people in need. But number two, let me give you number two. If we want to help people that are in need the way God wants us to help, if we want to love those that are needy around us, then not only do we need to learn how to give strategically, we need to learn how to serve wisely. Say with me, we need to learn. Okay, now, now that was two or three. Thank you for that. We need to learn how to serve wisely. We need to serve wisely. Come on, say it now, everybody. We need to
1: serve wisely. See, look at the way that Jesus cared for people. If you look at the way that Jesus
0: cared for people, you'll notice that Jesus was selfless. Jesus was selfless. He loved authentically. He gave generously. He taught faithfully. He listened compassionately. You see, but after Jesus did everything that he had to do on a certain day, the Bible tells us that he would go off to the side and he would go alone by himself away from the crowds and away from the disciples to go pray and seek God.
1: He would go to reconnect with God. Why? So that he could recharge spiritually. And then he could continue serving faithfully. Can I tell you this
0: morning that a lot of times, many of us are just tired of dealing with needy people all around us. Because we're continually giving and giving and serving, and we're continually meeting needs, or at least trying to meet needs and trying to serve and trying to give what we think that people need. But in reality, after we've done all that and we continue to do it, we've never taken out time to seek God, to separate ourselves, and to recharge the batteries so that we can continue giving to others those that are in need. A lot of people are just tired in church. And in this instance in Mark chapter 1 and verse 35, the Bible says that early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed, but As Jesus was there, some of his disciples came to look for him and they said, Jesus, they were looking for him and they said, Jesus,
1: where are you? Where are you? And I think mothers can relate to this more than dads and more than men.
0: It's like that time when you try to get away from your kids and you go to the bathroom, you close that door. But the moment you close it, there's some knocking on that door or there's some calling mom, somebody calling you. And you try to be silent so that they don't hear you, but then you see the little fingers under the door or something. And that's how the disciples were with Jesus. I think moms can understand that and relate to that. The disciples went after Jesus when he separated himself, went by, his, by himself to seek God and
1: pray. They came after him. Jesus, where are you? Jesus was away seeking his time
0: with God. And what this means and what I think, I believe that we need to do is that we need to think about this. If Jesus, who was God, 100% God, needed time to recharge, needed time to disconnect, what makes us think sometimes that we don't need that In our own lives. A lot of times we're fed up with helping people and we're tired and we're burnt out because we don't take the time out to recharge and to be alone. Listen, can I tell you this? I've been on a lot of airplanes in my life and I've traveled to a lot of places and they always say the same thing. They give you that emergency talk in the beginning. They give you the information about what to do in case that the plane begins to go down and they lose pressure and then there's no oxygen in in the plane. You have to take the oxygen mask that will come out from the ceiling. And the first thing they do is they, they tell you, before you help somebody else, you need to put the oxygen mask on yourself first. After you put it on yourself, then you can go and help somebody else. But a lot of times I feel like we're trying to put oxygen masks on everybody else and we're dying. Because we are not getting the time that we need to recharge and connect with God and seek Him. Can I tell somebody this morning that God wants you to live for a long time. God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose with you. He wants to do something great with you. But if you don't take time for yourself to recharge and to rest, you're going to kill yourself before long. And I want to tell you this morning that we... We need to be wise. If we want to learn how to serve others that are in need, we need to serve wisely. Turn to somebody and tell them we need to serve wisely. That means that you can't say yes to everything. That means that you have to put limits to the people that are around you and in your life. That means that you're going to have to say no at times. And somebody once said, if you can't say yes often... then you won't be able to say no occasionally. And a lot of people, they're constantly saying yes, not often, all the time. And so they can never occasionally say no. You have to learn how to say no occasionally so that you can say yes often. Because if you don't say no, sometimes you won't be able to help the
1: way that somebody needs the help that you can give. And number three, last of all, I believe that God wants to use us to help those in need around us.
0: But first, we need to learn how to give strategically. Number two, we need to learn how to serve wisely. And number three, and last
1: of all, we're going to have to trust completely. You see, in the process of helping people, A lot of times we feel like
0: what we do to help others is never enough. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody here this morning. Have you ever felt like what you give and what you do and how you serve is not causing any effect whatsoever? Is not making any change whatsoever in the lives of those that you're investing in? See, I had a youth pastor a long time ago. And this youth pastor, one time I saw him and he was sad. He was depressed. He was sad because he felt like all the time that he invested, that he gave in the youth ministry went to waste. Because the young people that were coming to the church and were sitting there uh, on the chairs and were listening to his sermons, a lot of times continued to live their lives like if they weren't Christians or believers at all. We'll talk about hypocritical people next week. But this week, we're talking about needy people. And he felt like what he was doing wasn't making an effect or causing an impact in their lives. And it wasn't until years after he finished pastoring the youth that he began to see the fruit In the lives of these young people, those young people that he was preaching to in the moment at the same time that he was talking to them while he was pastoring them didn't seem to care about what he was saying. But years afterwards, as they grew, they matured, they went off to college, they got married, they got careers, they began to develop as Christians, and they began to go to church, and some of them became ministers, and they came back to him to tell him, what you did for us, and the things that you preached caused us to change, and to think about God, and the reason why we're serving God today is because of what you did back then. But you see... A lot of times, a lot of times in our lives, we don't trust the process. And more than anything, we don't trust God. That God can actually be using the thing that we're doing to serve and to help
1: to cause a change and a transformation in the lives of those that we're helping. See, We have
0: to learn to trust God with the results because God is always faithful. Can I say that again? I don't think you heard me. We got to learn to trust God with the results because God is always faithful. I came to tell somebody this morning, you've been praying for your kids who don't come to church and who don't serve God. You've been helping people who are in need and you don't see anything happening. Can I tell you this? Trust God. Because God is always faithful. Believe that the results are up to him and the change and the transformation that God will do. He will do it, not you. All you are is an instrument in the hands of God. Just help and let God do the rest. Turn to somebody and tell them, let
1: God do the rest. The problem is that sometimes we think we're God and we need to fix everything. We think that we are God and we can fix everything and everyone. Or at least we try to. And we realize. In the end, it's not us
0: that make the changes. It's God that does it. It's the principle of sowing and reaping. Whatever we sow, we will reap. Whatever you put in, eventually you will get out. And that process, the results of that process belong to God not to us. I came to tell you this morning, listen, continue doing what you're doing. Continue helping. Don't give up on that person. Don't give in. Continue to seek God so that he can give you wisdom and how to help and how to give them a hand in the things that they're going through so that you can see in the end how God will work to change their lives and transform them to do something greater than what you could think God could ever do in their lives.
1: Turn to somebody and tell them, trust the process. See, sometimes we need to trust God more than ourselves to do what He said He would do. A lot of times we have this savior syndrome. We have the Savior syndrome. We think
0: that we're Jesus, that we can help everybody, and we go around trying to rescue everybody. But you see, rescuing is not what everybody always needs. Rescuing is not the
1: same thing as help. Sometimes people just need a little help, not rescue. And if we're not careful, we can become codependent of dependence. we can become needy of needy people. We could always want to look for
0: people that are needy because it's in helping or rescuing those needy people that we feel good about ourselves. And some people don't realize it, but they are addicted to rescuing people. They want to be the savior in everybody's life. And God didn't call us to be saviors. God called us to be helpers. There's a difference in that. And you know what the difference is? That when you rescue somebody, when you try to rescue somebody, you try to help them avoid consequences. You try to help them avoid consequences. People that rescue others are in reality hurting people, hurting them. Because they're not allowing them to face the consequences that would come from the bad decisions that they're making. And so when they go into debt because instead of using their money to pay the rent, they use it to buy the latest phone or the latest watch. And here comes along a a codependent or a person that wants to help and sees themselves as a rescuer. They give them the money they need to pay the rent. And that person will never learn the consequences of saving that money and being responsible with what they have to be able to survive and, and pay for the things that they actually need instead of want. And so rescuing is not the same thing as helping sometimes helping means that you let people pay the consequences for their bad decisions but then you help them to get up from that and see the truth of what they're facing so that they won't continue living in the same condition that they've been living in and in this process you know what that takes it takes trust in God it takes letting go so that God can come in and do what he needs to do in the life of your child in the life of your husband in the life of your wife in the life of your family members and friends. God is the one that can change them. It's not you. And so we have to trust God to do the work because only he can really transform
1: those who are in need. So three things that we need to do if we want to help those in need. How do we love people who are need? Number one, we give strategically. Number two, we serve wisely. And number three, we trust
0: completely. Can we leave it up to God this morning? Wherever it is that you find yourself, how, with however many people you're surrounded with that are
1: in need, can you just say this morning, God, I will trust you to take control, to work in the life of those that are in need around you. Stand to your feet. Can we say this morning, God, give us wisdom so that we can serve wisely, give strategically, and trust completely. God, can you help us to see that in reality there are no needy people. We're all in need. Can you help us to remain humble when we see others, Lord, in need and not take on people as projects, as if if they were things, but to see them as real people, human beings that you created, that you love, so that we can love them just like you love them too. That we may love them like you love them, Jesus. If we're honest this morning,
0: we'll recognize
1: that we're all in need.
0: that can fill any need and all our needs is Jesus Christ, our Savior. So if we ask God for wisdom this morning, we would ask him to help us point others to Jesus when they have needs. Not that we would ignore the needs. brush them off when they have needs but that we would recognize that we are not God that we can't help them the way that Jesus can we would recognize that he is the source of all blessings and so we ask you oh God this morning Help us to really experience your presence. Help us to develop a personal relationship with you, Jesus. So that we can lead others to the source in which all blessings are found. So that we can share with others in need everything that we have found in you. We're all in need. And if we're honest this morning, we'll say to Jesus, forgive us. Because we've looked everywhere else to try and meet our needs. We've tried to meet our needs and our desires for companionship and for love and for affection and for connection in others. When in reality, God, you're the only one that can truly give it. We need each other. We do need each other. But overall, we need you first, God. Help us to see that you are the source. Not our friends. Not those that we're in relationship with. Not our family members. You are the source. And so this morning, we ask you, forgive us for looking everywhere else but in you. Forgive us for trying to be that Savior in the life of those in need around us. May we put our focus back on Jesus this morning. And may we recognize that our help comes from you and you alone. If that's you this morning and you recognize that, and you say, man, I I need to look to Jesus to fill my needs, and I want him to help me so that I won't continue running everywhere else and going to others before coming to him. This morning, I recognize that I need to come to you Jesus if that's you this morning can you lift your hands right there I want to pray for you if you say I need to come to you Jesus and I raise my hand in recognizing that I need you more than anything help us develop a personal relationship God with you meet our needs this morning Help us point others to Christ. I want to be better at pointing Jesus to people. Help me love the way that I should. Help me give the way that I should. Help me serve the way that you would want me to serve. Help me trust you over all things. God, I thank you this morning for each and every person in this place. I thank you for people who are here and they have a heart for helping those in need. God, we ask you that you may give us a heart that breaks for the things that break your heart. Give us eyes to see needs the way you see them. Give us, God, the sense of knowing when someone needs a word of life, a gift of encouragement. A hand up. Give us wisdom so that we can meet the needs of those around us in spiritual and material ways. Give us wisdom To not just do what is easy or feels good, but to give to what truly transforms the lives and changes people. We thank you, God, this morning for you're an amazing God. You're an awesome God. We pray for those in need around us. Help them to also see that you are the source of their blessing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those who give. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, please subscribe,
1: share, take a screenshot, tag us, and I'll see you next time.